Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Philip Wells, and this is episode number 128. We begin this episode with a devotion from 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2, verse 11, War. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Uh, NIV 1984. Alien and strangers in a world that is hostile. Is that too harsh a judgment? Peter clearly did not think so. Nor should we be unaware of the conflict between believing and thinking and living as a Christian and the culture in which we live. War is not too strong a word. We are encouraged to live at peace with all people as far as that depends on us. We are also to strap on the weapons of God and go to war against any and everything that can destroy our soul, our faith, and land us in hell. Notice that the greatest war wages within us. As I've paid a little more attention to Islam since since 9-11, it strikes me once again that Sig Becker was so right. Uh, The devil is God's ape. The concept of jihad is struggle. Struggle against all that is not Islam. Others can argue whether jihad is in the Quran is also about bombing buildings and killing innocents. I have an opinion, but I require more study. But jihad would not be a bad word for what I must do daily as a Christian if it were not connected to a faith that is really about works and denies the deity of Jesus and his death for us on the cross. We could learn something from the fanatical followers of many sects and false religion. They are almost without exception more committed to the cause than the everyday Christian. But let us also realize this. Satan is just as willing to lead you into the flames of hell through a fanatical, though misplaced, life of obedience to a false god as he is to to guide you there the American way through a life lived for self in all sorts of pursuits that are uh, both evil and uh, good. As Christians, our jihad, our struggle is within ourselves. The followers of false gods who work and, and, and work and do and do and are totally committed to the program are encouraged by their god, Satan. And there is no struggle between the new person of faith and the old man of unbelief. Their heart can be much more united than mine because my fight is against the sinful desires that Satan's encouraging in my own heart. I should not, it should not surprise us, uh, even for a moment, that they are usually more zealous in their brand of evangelism. Sinner and saint live together in the Christian, not so much side by side, but commingled. We are saint and sinner, through and through. It reminds me of a line from an old Harry Chapin song, What a crazy mixed-up mixture of a man I am. 
I hope those words resonated with you as they do with me. I live a life that is torn one minute, uh, thinking the holy thoughts of a saint, the next the most profound, profane imaginations of a sinner. Sometimes both thoughts seem to share the synapses of my muddled brain. I hope you are honest and insightful enough to recognize this struggle in your heart. But we must continue to struggle. Just read Romans 7 for more of this. Read Ephesians 6 to fill your war chest with God's weapons. But most of all, when the fighting is fierce, cry out to your Savior. He has struggled before you, not against sin within himself, but against the very human desire to avoid the awful pain of the cross. He fought Satan's very real attacks on his heart. He won and his victory stands. It is only standing on his victory that we can fight the desires that threaten our life of faith and our eternity in heaven. Cry out to him, ask for his spirit, he will answer, and then fight on. This is war. And now we listen to Jesus Wins, a song by Chris Dreisbach from his album, Jesus Wins. I want to do the best I can So many times I fail to be a godly man And I'm the cause of all the trouble that I'm in I'm a loser, but Jesus wins I lose my temper, but Jesus wins Try and try and I give in And it's good to know The way the story ends I'm a loser But Jesus wins will come back and take me home I can't win against the devil and my sin I'm a loser but Jesus wins Jesus won me paid my price not with money but with his blood and with his life Jesus wins, Jesus wins cause he suffers. 
Next up, we join Pastor Timothy Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 40, verses 1 to 5. The Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. God's question here isn't a new thought. In chapter 38, God began questioning Job, and he chose a, a set of questions that didn't dredge up the way God must deal with sin, but rather the way God preserves and protects his creation, whether it's sinful or not. The sea has its boundaries. Job might not understand them, but they serve God's good purpose. Light and dark are part of God's plan, and Job doesn't understand them, but does that mean that they have no purpose at all? Job can't control or explain the clouds or the storms, but they serve God's good purpose. He gives food to the lion and the raven, each according to their needs. He gives goats and antelope places where, and ways of bearing their young. He cares for the huge and uncontrollable wild ox. He cares for the carefree ostrich. He reigns in the horse. He enables migrating birds to follow their instinct, and he watches over the eagle in its towering nest, watching as it watching it as it watches the world. Therefore, if Job realizes that the Lord is just and fair in the way he deals with these things that he can see, even if he doesn't understand them, is he willing to acknowledge that the Lord is just and fair with other things, such as the way Job has suffered? Job's suffering has been part of God's plan for him. Verses 3 to 5. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. Well, Job's answer to God is, Yes, God, and I have no answer. That's the correct answer. But there will be another set of questions, because God wants Job to be certain his answer is the one he's going to stay with and going to stand behind. Martin Luther saw Job's attitude throughout the book as a confession of faith. Luther said, The good God permits such small evils to befall us merely in order to arouse us snorers from our deep sleep and to make us recognize, on the other hand, the incomparable and innumerable benefits we still have. He wants us to consider what would happen if he were to withdraw his goodness from us completely. In that spirit, Job said in chapter 2, Shall we receive good at the hand of God and not receive evil? Job, you see, knew very well how to sing this beautiful um, um, confitimini, this confession, and this particular verse, for he said, Job 121, as God wills, so let it be, the name of the Lord be praised. He did not simply look at the, at the evil, as, as we would-be saints do. He kept in sight the goodness and the grace of the Lord. With this he comforted himself and overcame evil with patience. That was Luther. Job's complaint is over at last. If the book ended here, it would be a terribly short and dissatisfying ending. And the actual story doesn't end here. So the poet will present two other things God said before he resolves the story and tell us what happened to Job and his friends afterward. Job's faith is still intact. He has not renounced God. And the original challenge by Satan has been answered. Satan has lost. An ordinary sinful human being has remained faithful to God. Job's faithfulness, though, isn't the reason that Job's soul is safe in heaven. 
A man can resist the temptations of the devil. May God give us the strength to answer the devil with no through our faith in Christ. But we are still answerable for our sins to God. Only the sacrifice of Jesus' own blood could and did atone for our sins. Job still must rely on his Redeemer, Jesus, and so must we. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. And now we have to tell the story with Pastor Luke Italiano. Well, yeah, ever since he was little, Jesus had always loved God's word. Growing up, he was constantly asking his dad questions, wanting to hear more and more and more about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He loved learning about his heavenly father. It even got to the point that when he was 12 and he got to visit Jerusalem, he stayed behind and, you know, hung out in the temple and asked the priests a bunch of questions. He loved God's word. And even once he got to be a teacher, you know, a very busy man with a lot of demands on his schedule. You know what he still did every week on Sabbath? He was in synagogue, listening to God's word, talking about God's word, teaching God's word. He was all about God's word. Oh, this, this Sabbath, he was in synagogue and he was teaching. And the people, they were amazed. Whoa! We have never heard teaching like this with such authority. Yeah, see, they were used to their preachers. They'd get up there and say, Well, I'm not entirely sure. This teacher says this thing, but this teacher says that thing. But Jesus, he gets up there and says, Thus saith the Lord. And he just explains what the Bible says. Just like that. And as Jesus is teaching, all of a sudden, Rah! Whoa! What would... The, the guy, the guy, he'd always been nice. He was, he was sitting in the back of synagogue. He was screaming, what, what is going on here? And he starts yelling, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Clearly, there was something wrong with this man. And not just wrong with him. He was possessed by an unclean spirit, by a demon. And Jesus, he doesn't ask for some men to escort this guy out. Jesus isn't uh, whip out his kung fu action and knock him out. Jesus uses the word. Be quiet, Jesus rebuked him. Come out of him. And the evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. And the people, they were amazed. But it's interesting what they were amazed about. They asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. They were amazed at God's word. Now, brothers and sisters, we have not obeyed the third commandment. We do not always enjoy preaching and hearing God's word. But Jesus did. And he used that power to conquer demons, including today. Yes, Jesus has conquered the devil with his own word. 
and by sacrificing himself for you. And this story is true. We end our time together this week with a song by Koine, Be Still My Soul.
still my soul the hour is hastening on when we shall be forever with the lord when disappointment grief and fear are gone You have been listening to Canaanbound Podcast, episode 128. This podcast first aired in February of 2018. We'd like to thank Chris Dreisbach and Koine for sharing their music with us this week. You can find Chris Dreisbach at chrisdreisbach.com and Koine at koinemusic.com. God's Word for You is written by Pastor Tim Smith and available as a daily email devotion. Find out more or sign up for emails at splnewalm.org. To Tell the Story and Luke Italiano can be found at breadforbaggers.com. Once again, my name is Philip and it was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening. Christ died on the cross, set me free.